What's up, everybody? This is just your friendly reminder of our sponsors. We are sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man and Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, both written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and my co-writer and co-host on the show wrote Awakening the Tranquil Warrior with me. And we are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm in Washington, Pennsylvania, a local to us, regenerative and beautiful family-owned farm. We are also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania. Well, what's up, Rock? If you want, man, go ahead and take the floor, brother. You know, I've been, you know, mostly in the field of fitness and wellness uh, for, I don't know, when did I graduate college? 2010. (laughs) Um, Finally, after nine years of a really long and somewhat tumultuous journey for undergrad, um, I got a degree in exercise science and thought I was going to like work with athletes. Um, turned out that that's a really hard world to get into working with athletes as a strength coach. So I tried to get a job as a personal trainer and no one hired me for like the first year out of college. And I was like, why is no one hiring me? Um, it's cause I was 300 pounds. Right. <laughs> and like, so, you know, but I was, you know, I went to nationals for rugby, uh, twice in my college career. I started, um, all four years I played, uh, you know, I was an athlete. And, uh, you know, but I was a big guy, um, yeah. you know, and I knew, I knew my stuff. I had a degree in exercise science. I had my CSCS, um, you know, on paper, I look great. I had an awesome internship, but then when you're applying to jobs in person and you're 300 pounds, like people see that first. Yeah. And so that was tough. You know, that was a, a little bit of a wake up call that like my size impacted, uh, my self-worth in a, for a level of and uh, what I thought I was going to do for a career. So I was ready to give up on fitness as a career one year out of getting a degree in kinesiology. Uh, I eventually got a job with the Marine Corps doing strength and conditioning and personal training, which is really cool. And then I worked with a dietitian, uh, but didn't lose weight. Like we were, I was working with this dietitian. We were like, I had the exercise science background. She had the dietetics background and nothing was working. Um, in that like classic model. So I came across like Rob Wolf or something at the time and tried paleo yeah, and like circadian lifestyle. Like I went to bed at night, I stopped being on my phone and then I lost like 30 pounds, no problem. Right. Just like kind of doing these, these ancient practices, yeah. um, you know, living by the sun, eating differently. And it was crazy how dramatic it was, um, which was really cool. Right. And <laughs> then, you know, kind of like, taking that like mindset into my career of like, oh, the status quo doesn't always work for everybody. And there might be other alternatives served me really well. Like when I worked for an HMO for a little bit, I brought in some of that personal training and like, we'll say more wild movement, natural movement into the office setting where I'd like have people crawling on the ground in their cubicles and stuff like that to like help with health. And, you know, it was really cool. And like, you know, eventually working in different uh, industries led me to really wanting to open up my own space. And I, in December of 2019, I decided to open up a affiliate gym for MoveNet. Um, And so I opened up MoveNet Madison here in Wisconsin. And it was awesome because I finally realized like, no one's going to let me do what I want to do the way I want to do it, except myself. Right. And I had to be my own boss. And it took me like nine years to figure that out. which is fine. It takes the time it takes. And so, you know, we, we ran that gym, but then like three months later, COVID hit. And that was kind of our story of like, how do we survive COVID 
and run a gym you know that was an in-person thing and like we had like you know maskings you know jab statuses all these things were like something i never thought i was gonna have to navigate as a business owner <laughs> yeah um you know and like you know we learned a lot uh during that time and i still am doing fitness today we actually closed moved at madison this past winter so we were open three years um and we made the decision to close the facility and pursue other things. And that's what led me to start strength play nature. Yeah. Um, there are three tenets I, you know, integrate into my life personally, like, am I getting stronger um, and strong to be helpful, uh, strong to be useful? Um, do I have a play mindset? You know, I'm a father of two kids. They always want to play. And you know that, right? Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I can't say no. Right. Cause if I say no, that's a missed opportunity to engage with my kids. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's how you build bonds. Yeah. You play with them. Um, and so play is a huge, you know, again, foundational tenant for my life and what I hope to help with my clients and then nature, like nature is healing. Uh, we are nature. Right. And so, you know, not having feeling the like tied down by a brick and mortar and really being able to like, Oh no, I go outside. Right. Even here in Wisconsin, like it's winter, you know, what? get a coat. You don't have a coat. Here's a coat. Right. Yeah, let's go yeah. outside. Let's do some stuff and let's get strong um, and let's play. Right. Because like, you know, I always used to say. Um, you never see a happy animal in the zoo. Right. Do you ever really see a happy human on a treadmill? Uh, <laughs> and you don't. But like you look at a playground, like kids are not unhappy on playgrounds. Right. They're laughing. And, you know, as adults, you know, we kind of lose that, that idea of play and something I did have a lot of fun with over the three years we ran Move Down Madison was getting adults out of their adult brain and like trying to integrate that play. And they'd be like, what do you mean you want me to play? I'm like, <laughs> and I would give these like open-ended things, like here's a balloon, explore the space. They're like, how? And I'm like, I don't care, <laughs> right? Like, explore <laughs> the space. And they'd be like, how? What do you want me to do with the balloon? I'm like, I don't care. Here's a bunch of obstacles. Get from point A to point B, but you can't hold on to the balloon. You have to like bop it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, but like, but do you want me to go over it? And like, they had all these questions because yeah. like they couldn't just be. And so, you know, it was this really fun opportunity to like, okay, like how do I embody and how do you name a business? Because like, that's another thing. So I was like, what do we do? Oh, strength, play, nature that's what we do Easy. we get stronger we play and we do it outside yeah uh and then you know more recently you know i started to after some kind of darker personal stuff uh like for instance i'll just say it right um you know being a business owner's tough being a parent's yeah. tough managing the pandemic's tough um yeah. i lost my control uh i got angry lost control like we have this fireplace i smashed my forearm into it uh bleeding all over the place had to go get stitches and i couldn't take my kid to a birthday party he was supposed to go to a birthday party i made that poor decision to hurt myself and then have to go get stitches um but it was in that moment my wife is like that's it if you have no control i don't know how long i have yeah and that's when i started therapy and three months later found the men's group yeah. um and so you know that was only just like 18 months ago Right. It hasn't even been that long, um, you know, but like I really like, you know, having my movement background, I really saw the need 
like for myself and then starting to get into men's work, uh, the need for movement. And then I came across like the trauma-informed weightlifting folks and started to integrate that stuff into my practice personally and professionally. And, you know, it was so cool. And that's kind of where Rewild the Masculine came from, my other handle and um, other business, uh, you know, and I'm trying to take those like uh, rewilding concepts, right? Like nature, uh, old world mentalities in and around masculinity and femininity and really duality. And like, how do we embody these different archetypes? How do they show up in our lives as, you know, lights or shadows? And really just, again, connecting men to their bodies so they can connect to higher purpose or even one identify purpose, right? Because I feel like that's a lot of stuff I hear in men's work and the groups I'm in is like, especially in young guys, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, who am I? And, you know, so, and like movement to me just makes sense, right? Like if you can't connect to yourself physically, how can you connect to, you know, the world around you, the people around you? And movement and strength training, especially like when you're under a heavy sandbag, like you feel it, yeah. you feel it in your body when you're working hard doing a Metcon, like, and you're exhausted, you're feeling your heart race, you're feeling the sweat drip off your forehead and you just, you feel so much more. And so, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that dude. I feel all that. There's a, in the modern world today, there's a ton of stress. Uh, and we're, we're at a point in time where, the feminist movement has opened up the world's eyes to the feminine struggles and, but the masculine struggles have been kind of pushed to the side. You know, the, the man, the masculine is always supposed to just be able to handle it and just keep pushing forward and just deal with his shit. But life is tough, man. Life is tough, yeah. it's tough for everybody. But if you don't have an outlet of some kind, like, like you said, like, I, I feel that deeply, you know, the, you know, running the business as an entrepreneur, being a father, like, you know, changing directions, like, there's mm -hmm. just a lot of shit going on, man. There's a lot of shit going on. It's a, it's a wild world. <laughs> and if you don't yeah, have a place it, to discharge, dude, like, shit can be, shit can get out of control. Yeah, I mean, 100%, right? I think about like a article I saw, like on NPR at one point early pandemic, like moms are meeting on a football field at night to like scream into the ether, right? They're just like <laughs> these moms meeting on the 50 yard line and they're just like shouting because they were just so angry. Yeah, And it was cool. It was cool that that was celebrated. And I think yeah. about in the context of like civilization, modernity, like if I were to leave, like when I was in the corporate world, like, and I had like a stressful phone call or meeting with my boss, like I couldn't go out into the parking lot and scream, <laughs> right. right? Like, and that's <laughs> weird. And, you know, like, and it's like frowned upon. And at one point I thought about, I uh, had some members ask me, could I create in my office space at the gym, like a scream room? So yeah. they felt like they had a safe place with no judgment, no shame to scream. Yeah. Because, you know, it's frowned upon. And it's something so natural of just being able to like have that catharsis of letting go, yeah. right? Um, in such a primal way, it's, you know, like, it's so funny that we don't allow people something so inherently natural, yeah. right? Like, like screaming, like yelling, yeah. like, uh, I don't know if you've had home births or like you, you, know, you have a handful of kids. So like, you know, I remember my wife, both our kids, one at home, one here at the hospital and like so much screaming, right? <laughs> so much screaming. And like, there's effort there, there's work. Yeah. But then like in the gym, like some of the gyms I, I come across here in town, they're like, hey, no screaming. 
I'm like, have you ever exerted yourself physically? Like yeah. women scream giving birth, like that's hard. If I'm if I'm mirroring that level of effort, like I'm gonna scream. Yeah. And it's you know, it's this, it's this thing that I feel like again, kind of the modernity issue of like what is appropriate behavior, what isn't. And you know, like we kind of have this image of like big meatheads in the gym, like screaming for no reason, slamming weights. But like if anyone has ever truly exerted themselves physically, like you're gonna make noise. Yeah. Right? Like you're yeah. gonna make noise. And you know, we need to embrace these things that are natural instead of like shouting them down, saying they're like toxic and evil. <laughs> and why are we why are we scared to be primal? Right. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> I, dude, I, I agree with that hundred percent. That's one of my one of my practices is I, I call it my primal yell. And uh, because like I, I learned years ago, like I can spend an hour on the heavy bag and exert myself until I want to collapse and still have some shit left in me that I need to let out. But I do it. I do it like when I'm driving, like if I'm driving somewhere, I'm just on the fucking freeway. I'll just let it yeah. out. Like just, you know, you don't always have to do it, but when life yeah. starts really getting after you, like I, I truly believe that as human beings, like, like you said, we are so constricted right now emotionally that we're not like allowed to feel like you, if, even if you laugh hysterically at something somewhere, like someone yeah. is going to suppress yeah. you, you know, like yeah. it, that's even frowned upon to, to into love, to be fully passionate and deep in something, mm -hmm. you know, there's constraints, like there's these little borders on the edges of all our, our emotions. Like, if yeah. you feel disgusted, you can only feel so disgusted until you're weird. If you feel happy, you can only be so happy. If you're sad, only so sad. Like we we fucking wrap this bubble around ourselves and and the, your emotions want to keep going, you know? Like if someone dies, you know, like how many of us don't know how to mourn properly because we've never allowed ourselves to cry and to let it go? Like that's that's America. That's just what yeah. that's where we are and it sucks and I totally agree. And I love what you're doing with, with the masculine and working with, um, with other men and, and the strength to play the nature, like combining it all together. And I like that there's like the therapeutic uh, mentality to it, because I think that that's, I really do think that's a missing link. And I like, I worked in blue collar for 12 years on oil and gas rigs. And so like, I internally, like, I feel like I'm like a man's man. And like, I, I always drank scotch and chewed tobacco and like did all the things I thought made me tough. Right. And yeah. you know, worked with a 48 inch pipe wrench and covered in oil. And, you know, I thought I was a fucking man, but man, did I have problems? <laughs> I had fucking problems and I still have problems. I mean, we all do, but right. Like comparatively, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, right? Like I think about, you know, the tobacco chewing head button rugby player that I used to be. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking tough. But like, yeah, in some ways. Right. But then like owning my shit to my kid when I fucked up, that was fucking hard. That is right. Tough. And yeah. yeah, like it, it was hard, right? Like, Hey buddy, I fucked up, man. I can't take you to the birthday party. Yeah. Right. And that was hard. And he's like, well, yeah. why? And you're like, well, yeah, I, I got mad. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? I got mad. <laughs> yeah. How does that, and that, you know, like, you know, we don't think about it that way. Right. And like my, I fucked up and I couldn't take care of him and he just wanted to go to a birthday party. He deserves to go to a birthday party. He was like three years old. Right. Yeah. He just wants to go play with his friends. Yeah. And like, he couldn't because I lost control and 
you know, and that's, that was a huge awakening for me that moment and just in general, right? Like, but like from that moment on, like we talked about being tough and being a man, like owning your shit is tough, yeah. right? And I think one of the things that gets lost is that accountability. Like a yeah. man owns his shit, owns his responsibility. I think about the archetypes that come across like the deadbeat dad and the description for like deadbeat dad, which is a shadow of the father. Like he runs away from his responsibilities. He shirks his responsibilities because he doesn't want to face it because it's hard. And, you know, I think with some of the modernity stuff, like it's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to not do hard shit, right? Like you literally can stay in your bedroom and order everything to your house, (laughs) food, right? Like, you know, it doesn't matter. You could get like dude wipes ordered to your house. So you don't (laughs) even have to actually shower. You just wipe yourself down with dude wipes, right? Yeah. And it's it's wild. And, you know, you don't have to be uncomfortable if you don't want to be. But I think that comes at a huge price. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely agree. I, yeah. I, I love the stoic mentality. Um, and like basically the stoics mentality is like that. It's you instead of circumventing the pain and regret for later, you deal with your shit right now when it's in front of you. Like instead of going, I'll fuck with that later, you're like. I'm going to choose pain right now. I'm going to choose the pain of discipline, like waking up early to do my exercises or whatever it is for everybody. I'm going to choose that pain and discomfort instead of choosing the discomfort of, you know, smashing my elbow against the wall and not being able to to do my duties or in most people's cases in our country, uh, fucking winding up in the hospital at 57 years old instead of at 97 years old because they wasted they let 40 years of their life disappear because they decided not to be disciplined and even if that's as simple as going for a walk every day hiking like like you talked about this the other day when we were talking on the phone you talked about just getting on the floor with your children like i know so many people that can't even get their fucking ass on the floor like that's a sad thing because chairs are a you know, as far as the human timeline goes, chairs are pretty recent. Like, you know, we step <laughs> on fucking logs and stones in the ground for yeah. hundreds of thousands of years and maybe longer, you know, and, and here we are. Most people can't even fucking sit on the ground. They don't have the, they don't have the mobility or strength. Yeah. You know, it's so funny you bring that up, like the glacial timeline of humanity, right? Like we haven't existed like modern civilization, so like industrial revolution and beyond is like a blip in the human timeline, but it has impacted our well-being so much, right? And I think about, you know, how we stay healthy because, you know, again, I have to outsource it, right? Like, again, parent, business owner, husband, like just a human in like, you know, in suburbia, right? Like we have, there are things that come with choosing to live where you live and how you live. And, you know, so we sit on the floor, right? Like I'm on a nugget couch right now with a climbing wall, a climbing wall, not in the basement, in our living room. I think right? like, so this wall behind me. I love right? that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So people come in, they're like, oh, you could put a climbing wall in your living room. Like, yeah, you do whatever the fuck you want. You're an adult. <laughs> it's like, your fucking house. <laughs> it's your fucking house, right? And then like, you know, our, our table's on the ground and people are like, what about company? I'm like, what about company? We live here 100% of the time. Yeah. Company doesn't live here. We live here. I love right, it. and if we love that right? mentality, yeah, fuck yeah, and it it has to suit our needs, yeah. right? Like if we were gonna if we weren't selling our house, I would have put monkey bars down the hallway. Oh hell Not yeah, for the kids, but for us, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, 
And, you know, and it's this thing about like, but like, is your, does your health, and this is what I talked about when I worked in corporate wellness to like, um, when I worked for that HMO, I was a corporate wellness consultant and I would go the circuit of employer groups who had our insurance and I would do these uh, presentations on your environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, does your work environment support illness? Because let's be honest, like people spend what, eight to 12 hours a day at work. And that's either going to add to their well-being or take away from it. That's like yeah. a third of someone's life at work. Yeah. And not to say like, you know, people, your boss doesn't care about you, whatever. The organization doesn't care about you. But are they willing to make your your environment like health promoting or <laughs> illness promoting? Yeah. Right. And it's, it's just so weird. Like whether it's the lighting, fake plants could even be installed. Right. Like encouraging movement. Like, you know, and at the end of the day, like it's about productivity. It's not about health right and if it was we would construct work and work environments differently um and we don't right like we still take our youngest doctors and make them do 12-hour shifts and we know that's bad for patients overnight yeah make them work yeah yeah it's it's really interesting that you say that because like not to interrupt you but like it's funny because they like our system like you said from like like forward all the way till now, like it's been all about productivity, but in other countries where they throw like play and activity, like in some countries, you know, they have programs, you know, where they, they stretch and they move and they, you know, they Mm -hmm. have these corporate wellness programs where at work, they get some extra movement and some fun. They go out in the sunshine for lunch break, whatever. And the productivity is actually higher, which is so counter counterintuitive to our, our country and the way that we believe business like it's i don't i don't want to use the word capitalist but like the way that we're designed and it's been all production yeah. production production it makes no sense yeah. so the a yeah. lot of corporations won't admit it but they, in all these other countries they like instead of working 12 hour shifts they have them working eight hour shifts or less they get an hour lunch break they're encouraging them to move in the stretch and they give them little you know clicks and timers that are like hey let's move a little bit you know like it sounds it sounds childish but i think it's really cool the uh i wanted to throw out there where we decided to send our kids to school last year um Mm -hmm. a big reason why we decided to send them there was because um they had a movie there was like a moving meditative practice was part of like the beginning of their day um and it was a it was a christian school but they had like they would pray for somebody and as they started their day, they would do like these minimal stretches and stuff and, and yeah. move around. And um, cause moving is to be honest, moving is the most important thing to me, to Caitlin, who's a holistic nutritionist, my wife, uh, nutrition yeah. is the most important, but to me, I, you know, movement, that's, that's what I prioritize first is movement. Yeah. I, I'm with you 100%. Like movement is huge. And I, I see that in my kids. Right. Like, especially my boys, uh, like quiet work, like, you know, we'd come across, like you try not to compare your kids to other people's kids and like people right, like, yeah. oh, our kids love to sit down and just draw and like do all this quiet work. <laughs> and I'm like, man, my kids are like gross motor kids. <laughs> and eventually, like, I learned that if they got all that gross motor work in then and they like expelled that big energy, then they had the like the bandwidth to sit still and do quiet work. Yeah. But if they didn't get that big energy out, they didn't want to do it. And I realized like, okay, like movement, these guys need movement. Right. And like, you know, and I've also noticed like we'll butt heads a lot more 
if we don't roughhouse. Like if dad's not like, you know, <laughs> smashing faces and like hitting them with a pillow or whatever else. Like yeah. if we don't get that roughhousing in as our dynamic, um, like we butt heads a lot more. Yeah. Like me and my two boys. And yeah. it's just, it's so weird. And I'm like, all right, so I gotta like, I gotta rough them up. Right. And yeah. like, they just, they just need that. And, you know, maybe that's like what we've created in our environment. I don't know, but like, it is interesting. Like they're just so gross motor. Right. No, I, um, yeah, I think it's yeah. so true. I, I think it's so true. Like in, in a couple of our friends are our teachers and they always talk about, you know, boys and girls being so different as they age. And like, that's another weird thing about our country right now is like no one wants to admit that boys and girls are different and they really are different. And not that you have to like go down the weird political path there, but like, I, I truly believe like I have one boy and two girls and then we have another one on the way. Don't know what it is yet, but I do believe that like, like my boy, that dude, like you said, he's got to move. He's got to be being a crazy little fucker for a while. And then when he does that and he exerts himself physically, then he'll chill and he'll, and he'll, like you said, he'll do that quiet work and stuff like that. But like, he wants to move. He wants to fight. He wants to chase the chickens around the yard. Like he wants yeah. to be a play on the zip line. Like he wants to be crazy. And, and our, our little girls, they're, they like to move and play a lot too, but like they have more fun being more creative with their hands and their, their artwork than my boy does. Yeah. Like they, yeah. and I think little girls have, uh, Oh, I know this, the little girls have, a higher attention span you know they can stay focused on a project especially especially like a creative project longer than a young boy can and that's part of the differences between boys and girls and that changes as they age you know but i yeah I think well, that... yeah no go ahead. Well, then at some point no i was gonna say at some point yeah. hormones become a thing like we know yes. estrogen has an impact right we know testosterone has an impact and like you know, I always found it interesting, like over the past handful of years, like we're telling our sons they're not allowed to like fight and do stuff, but then we're sending our daughters to like self-defense classes and martial <laughs> arts stuff. Yeah. But then at the same time, like we'll have those stories of like kids in the city in urban environments, like they were safer, like in a boxing program or a wrestling program, because they were able to channel that aggression, that anger, that testosterone in a healthy, productive way. And yeah. I'm like, do we not see what we're doing here? We're like, hey, you guys aren't allowed to fight and wrestle, but like, hey, you need to be able to defend yourself. Both things, like, yeah. we can have two different stories for two different sets of people, right? Like, girls, yes, yeah. defend yourselves, be strong, right? Like, that's what I loved about my gym. It was mostly women, yeah, and they were mothers of daughters and sons, and like, their kids got to see these their moms like lifting 100 to 200 pound sandbags yeah. and like doing crazy stuff, right? And like. Yeah they got to see strong women right yeah. um and it was really cool but like yeah at the same time like yeah boys need that outlet especially as testosterone's becoming a thing i think about how much self-harm i ended up causing on my own body because i didn't have the proper outlet yeah. right and then you have like all the societal stuff right like what does it mean to be a man yeah. and you're like well i'll just guess i'll just smoke a bunch of people right like, <laughs> you're like not going to get punked out. I'll just punch this dude in the face right? because I don't know what else to do. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but like, that's, that's like, I remember like, like flash forward, like I'm finally my last year of college 
and like there's this dude walking around the rugby party house naked <laughs> and i'm like dude you can't be in this house naked man you can't be in here like you're one you're like 45 you got a <laughs> wife and kids at home <laughs> like what are you doing right like you're an alumni of a frat that i don't even like know why you're here <laughs> and he goes let me tell you something and he grabs me by the collar and like pulls me down the stairs and i'm like Next thing I know, I'm like fighting this 40-something year old naked dude in the yard of the rugby house. And I'm like, this is my life. This is like, this is my life, right? Like this is this is my life. And is this what I want my life? And you know, looking back and I'm like, that's what could happen if you have like a lot of shadow work, right? Yeah. You end up being the 40-something year old dude at a college party, yeah. possibly trying to cheat on your wife, right? Like, yeah. why are you there? Yeah, like, what are he, you running from? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's running. He's desperately looking for an outlet of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew, I knew it was like, I can't do this shit anymore. Like, I, how old was I then? I forget. I was like early to mid 20s. And I'm just like, I can't have this be my life. Like, I can't be fucking fighting naked dudes at a <laughs> fucking drunk house. Right. <laughs> and, but like, yeah. I mean, I kept people safe. There's that, right? Like, who knows yeah. what that guy would have tried to do, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know. But at the same time, like, yeah, that was that was like a weird moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, no one else, no one else is gonna ask that dude to leave, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, that's part of like the the like I said earlier, and like we talked the other day. Like, I I I truly believe in. In what's happening now, like like raising the feminine, I feel like that's really important. I love same thing in our gym. It's mostly, you know, I'd say like seventy percent women, and they're badasses, and I love it because I love seeing I love seeing anybody empower themselves and being a better version and stronger and more capable. But I love seeing it with with the mom, like specifically because most men are unwilling to start on their fitness journey by themselves. Now, if their wife gets into it it like like caitlin says this all the time my wife says this all the time like the way into the household is through the wife you know the wife 100 yeah. she, she <laughs> normally does the grocery shopping so when she starts learning about nutrition she starts buying better food guess what happens everyone in that fucking house gets healthier whether they like it or not <laughs> yeah. and then once she starts moving her body Next thing, you know her and her husband are out at the beach or something and he sees that her shoulders are more ripped than his it's going to trigger something in that motherfucker if he's a man and he's going to he's going to go fuck i need to do something too and then he's going to better himself and then the whole family unit comes up and i love that but at the same time we we're talking about like boys and girls and and raising children and like you said I, the boys are pushed in a direction that's not helpful for humanity and not for themselves especially you know men commit suicide uh, you know one out of four times more than women do they they mm. i mean it, we could go down a huge rat hole um like with the issues that men have that women don't have but the point is is that i think it's the way that we're raised and like you said we're raised to no don't do that no don't do that but then when something happens everyone looks for a man to save and protect them and they're like oh where are all the men's men how come there's no men for to come save me from this bad guy like you with the 45 year old naked man like people look for someone to come save them but they're like oh that's right we suppressed all of the men and so there's no one to save me now 
And people like that, the 45 year old, they can manage the frat party. He's a product of a suppressed man. Cause you can go one or two ways. You can either, I mean, you can go a multitude of ways, but you can either go the direction where like, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of living life, life sucks. You don't like it, whatever. But then you can become the bad guy because you never learned how to handle your shit. So you become the bad guy instead of just like, you know, living mm -hmm. in mediocrity and both of them suck really bad. But what we need is we need, we need men to, to understand that it's okay to be a man, whatever that means for you. If that means you're a, a badass rugby player that fucking smokes dudes at parties and like, you're, you know, you're having fun, but like, or yeah. if you're, you know, the man that works, a 40 hour a week job and comes home and just sits on the floor and plays with his kids. Like lets his kids jump on him. Like, yeah. you know, it's different for everybody. Well, you know, that's so true. Right. Like I think about, you know, the, the issues we face trying to run a gym and my wife, you know, having to work more full time in a, in a corporate job, uh, you know, and this stuff like where, you know, those traditional, we'll say like Western roles, like dad makes the money, mom stays home with kids. Um, I grew up cooking with my mom in the kitchen and when I got married and even when I was dating my wife, like I've been cooking ever since. Right. Like, and so like, you know, my schedule, having a fitness schedule actually allowed me to do more of the house-based stuff. Right? right. So like I could be here during the day, like prepping food, grocery shopping, all this stuff. And, you know, like I take care of my family and I think we conflate like traditional gender roles and whatever else with what does it mean? to be a man, what does it mean to be a woman, et cetera? I'm like, no, yeah. you take care of your your people, right? Like, yeah. you know, as I love delving into the archetypes, um, you know, like what is a father? Who is a father? Like, it's a person who creates space for others to thrive and whatever that means, right? Like, are you creating space and supporting the people in your household so that they can thrive? Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, like, that's yes, it's not inherently a like a masculine thing. We could say helping people thrive. You know, but, I, you I, know could, I could argue with that though. Like I, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think you're hundred percent right. Like when you if you go back and you look at the gods and the goddesses, like think about it for a minute. Like you think about all the, the mythical goddesses. Almost every single goddess, she may have been a goddess of flowers, but also of war. Like Almost every goddess was also <laughs> a goddess of war. Like she may have been a goddess of love, but also fucking death. Like <laughs> all the goddesses were like that. And most of the gods, even though they were hulking, you know, animals, like they were beasts and capable of carrying out war. Most of them were not gods of war. You know, they yeah. were a god of one specific thing, but mm -hmm. the goddesses would basically would say this is you know i want to wage war on these people and the god would go i don't know and she'd go yeah that's what i want <laughs> and he would support her he would support her yeah. and carry out the action and I, and i do think that there is you know obviously that's like really vague and, and like mm -hmm. you know level uh like the you know surface level on that but like i do think that a true masculine i, I think a big part of what makes a man happy and once you start practicing this you know you experience it when you are able to like you said hold space to let the people you love be fully who they are and you you can you're always behind them or beside them able to guide and protect them 
So if they slip and fall, you can help them back up and continue supporting them. I, I think a big part that's missed in, in the, the masculine is that want for your tribe to be the best, to succeed. And whether that tribe is your friends, you know, or your, your wife and your kids, you know, I think that's a huge part of, I know it's a huge part of what makes me happy. Once I started leading with my heart and leaving space for like, okay, I no longer like care too much about where I go. I really care about where my wife goes. I care about how happy she is. I care about what she's able to achieve and I'm going to help her no matter what. And same thing for my children. Once I put them first, I became a much happier father and husband than I was when I was doing the, you know, the gender roles and I was working all the time and grinding and, you know, I feel better. Yeah. Let's continue to riff on that. Cause you know, (laughs) we, we classically see it like in the mom world, like, you know, uh, you know, mom stops taking care of herself. Like she, she cares about her kids. She cares about the household. She does all the stuff. And then like her well being, like just falls to the wayside. Um, and I, I've seen that a lot in dads, right? Like I, you know, we were talking like memberships at our gyms. Like I see all the moms showing up. Where's all the dads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we know men have higher rates of despair deaths than women, uh, and, you know, self-care is, you know, kind of frowned upon, like it's pick yourself up by your bootstraps, be a fucking man. Yeah. And we're not acknowledging what does it mean to be a man? And like that self-care piece um, is huge. And I think about like, you know, I'll ask you, cause you know, you're talking about taking care of your family and helping them thrive, but like you still take care of yourself. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like it's not, it's not selfish. Like I'm going to go out with the boys. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to get sleep. Cause if I don't, I can't be there for them. Yeah. Right. And like, I think, I think it's important to state that it's not like, Oh, well I work like 20 hours, you know, a day doing all this stuff to put food on the table and a roof over our head. But like, yeah, that's important. That's important. But like, you also got to take care of yourself. Cause what if your family fucking died or what if you died? Right. Right. Who's going to take care of your family. Right. And if if you're the sole breadwinner and that actually, (laughs) that's actually, I was in this like uh, commission sales gym at one point and they're like, Hey, if the dad's the breadwinner, Make sure you tell them that if he has a heart attack and dies, no one's going to take care of his family and get him to buy personal training, right? Like that was <laughs> our, like our, our sales tactic was like convince him that his family would be like destitute if he died. Yeah, and I was okay. like, that's a that's a hard sell, man. I don't know if I can do that, right? <laughs> um, you know, and there's there's some truth to that, right? Uh, yeah. You know, but at the same time, like men aren't taking care of themselves in one instance cuz you know it's like you know, like I got to be able to handle this stuff I got to be tough I got to be strong I can't be weak but at the other end of the spectrum we got guys who are like overly like like reverting back like fully the other direction like and are too soft right yeah. and there is this like you know embracing feminine aspects which is cool like we're I believe in the duality of things but like you know, doing the exact opposite of like all masculine things and being too soft, like that's not good either. Right. And like, we know this is an issue because there's now the nice guy syndrome and how many books written about nice guy syndrome. Right. And so like, you know, the pendulum swung the other way in a not a good way. And there is this like really happy middle ground of soft and strong. Like I remember I joked with my wife, like I could go punch that 45 year old naked dude in the face (laughs) 
<laughs> but then I can hold my kid as he's crying yes because something something hurt him and I could hold him in my arms yeah and be like you're safe daddy's got you you're yeah. safe and you're loved and that tenderness exists and you know you, we love to like romanticize warrior cultures but what we don't like romanticize about warrior cultures is those dudes those women they understood death yeah. and how precious life was and they didn't want to kill people or harm people because they knew the cost it, like yeah. that existed right yeah. and like you would you know like when i think of warrior cultures i think of like the dude doing what he needs to do on the battlefield but then he comes home hugs his wife hugs his children and does the exact opposite of what he had to do to survive, to yeah. defend, right? Yeah. And we ignore some of that softness, right? Because it's it's weak. But that's like, you know, you and I talked the other day, the, the full man is fully connected to his body, all his emotions, the, the spectrum of everything. And is in control of that and chooses when to engage with those things in a healthy, productive way. Yeah. Not, and like not not severing it right from his life yeah. embracing it fully yeah, um, yeah i yeah. relate to that 100 like i mean even like my instagram ham handle the tranquil warrior and you know my first book yeah. waking the tranquil warrior like obviously when people see tranquil and warrior together they go oh that's strange but i believe in that duality because i want to be tranquil tranquil and loving when i'm around my family and my kids but there's got to be a beast inside me because I believe that if at any point that I need to, like we, like I say all the time, like God forbid something were to happen that I had to react like a warrior mm -hmm. to protect my family. It God forbid it happens, but sure as fuck, I want to be capable of defending them. Like they mean, they, that's the thing as a father, they mean everything to me, my wife, my children, they're my whole existence. They, they, you know, they make me who I am and better. And how can I support them if I can't protect them? I don't want to ever have to. I, you know, like I said, God forbid, I don't ever want to, you know, there's a, the that new movie's out, great movie, really eye-opening about uh child trafficking. Like, yeah. could you imagine being one of the 70% of Americans that can't even uh, you know, move across their fucking front driveway? like because someone's stealing your kid like like dude what the fuck like you got to be capable and whatever that means for you but yeah. whether that means you're fantastic with a firearm i don't know but yeah. just being eliminating those threats so that you know i can enjoy the peace i can be the warrior that's in a garden enjoying the peace mm -hmm. watching the butterflies and smelling the flowers and really reeling in how good this life is but i'm also capable of if I have to, you know, smash in someone's yeah. face, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's better to be prepared than unprepared. Right. And I, you know, even like not as like crazy of a scenario as like someone kidnapping your children. Cause like, that is a very real fear. Right. Yeah, it is real. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I think about, you know, we did this thing for move Nat. Uh, they had like an Instagram challenge where you had to like, what if was the like the prompt and like what if your house is on fire could you get everyone out and i've talked about that numerous times with like potential clients and clients like are you strong enough to save everybody in your house yeah, and the crazy thing people don't realize is newer houses burn down twice as fast as older homes i didn't know that right yeah so like houses built i think it's like after like 1980 
like burn down twice as fast. Oh, right. <laughs> and like, and like people always expect adrenaline to like help them. Like that's, that's not going to be a fucking thing. Right. Like <laughs> it is and it isn't right. Yeah. Um, if you've never deadlifted more than 20 pounds, you're not picking up a 200 pound person with adrenaline. <laughs> right? It ain't going to happen. Right. Like, and carrying them well, out of your house. Yeah. And carrying them out of your house. And like, that's something like a lot of people, we never think bad things are going to happen until they happen. And you're either capable or you're not. Yeah. And, you know, that's something we talk about all the time is like being strong to be helpful uh, in our community, in our household and, you know, trying to embody that as best we can. Like, you know, my kids, like I've even done this for like uh, camps I've had where like I laid on the ground and I had like the kids roll me onto a blanket and pull the blanket across the gym floor. So they're like, oh, I could practice this with mom and dad. Right. And like, yeah, yeah like go show your parents how strong you are. And this is like kids learning that strength is a good thing. And that, yeah, like we don't want bad stuff to happen. No one wants yeah, bad shit to happen, true. but like we can look, if you watch the mainstream media, bad shit's happening every day. Yeah. Right. Like, like I remember like a school's getting built here, a new high school was getting built and it was quote unquote, the safest high school in the state. Right. And then they were like, Oh, actually like there's too much glass. Like there's too many windows. So that means a shooter could see someone in the classroom. And so they had to like redo the whole design because like now they're building schools with like active shooters in mind. Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like political stuff aside, like if this is the world we're living in, like, how do I keep my kids safe? Yeah. Right. Like, does that mean I don't go to movies anymore? (laughs) <laughs> right like right. well those are just stupid expensive now and i could stream in my house now right, so <laughs> yeah, <fun>. right. <laughs> you know but this is this thing like you know my dad was in the military and i lived overseas like i was a leash kid not because i was like an active rambunctious kid when we lived in saudi arabia but like i was an american citizen and i had a target on my back yeah right so like my dad was you know higher up at the embassy and so i had to be on a leash we had to have escorts Dang. because we were targets just being an American. Like someone's yeah. like, Oh, if we steal this kid, we can make money. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. you know, like that's a crazy thing. Yeah. We were like living in the middle East at the time. And that was a, like a real fear. Yeah. But like we see today, right. Like the movie, right. Like um, yeah. this is happening and kids are disappearing, you know, people are disappearing and it's scary. Right. And, you know, I have friends who work in different areas of law enforcement and I'm like, how bad is it really? Right. And like, yeah. I'm like, what do you do for your family? And like, this is what I do for my family. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> right? Like, if that's <laughs> what you're doing for your family, like, yeah, you're in it, right? More so than I am. But if that's what you do, then like, I feel I should be doing levels of that as well. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. you just never know. Um, and it's a hard place to be. Right. Like, cause we, we like to think we're safe. Yeah. Right. Like that we're protected. Um, but man, like, COVID showed us how unprepared we are for certain situations. Could you imagine if something worse happened? Right. (laughs) I know. If something worse happened, like people were fighting over toilet paper, like something worse happened other than like losing the ability to like acquire toilet paper. Right. Like, (laughs) and we were fighting and hurting each other over that. Like you watch any black Friday sale, people are dying and getting hospitalized over black Friday sales. And that's like dumb shit. Right. That's not even like, Hey, like, post-apocalyptic world like we all have to like (laughs) scrounge together because like whatever else right and that's that's the scary thing and like you know i feel we're kind of we have all these people back to the modernity and the rewilding aspect
like we have all this safety or this illusion uh, and you know like if something bad were to happen like do know do we have the skills as i call it to sustain life right what are the skills we need to sustain life and that's what i'm trying to teach my kids and that's kind of what rewilding for us is all about is what are the skills to sustain life and are we learning those things because if computers disappear what are we left with yeah. what do we know how to do yeah and you know that's something why we're taking this uh, year-long journey so we sold our house we're going to live in a camper uh teardrop camper for a year collecting stories collecting skills from like farmers homesteaders anyone like you know foragers hunters so, you know we're gonna try to like meet all these people do some bartering with them and then also like i want to take like movement play that are on with us and you your mind okay how do we live a very intentional value-based life right yeah. and we're, we're going to do it for a year <laughs> that's cool so. as fuck that's super cool i like that idea that's very cool like well if, if you find yourself in uh you know just south of pittsburgh in pennsylvania you have to you have to come by come take some come take a class on us at the studio <laughs> yeah we so we are you know you and i can have this conversation offline but yeah. you know we're heading we're heading to new england um in like September or Michigan and then into New England, September, October timeframe. And I'd love to like, you know, maybe co-host like some kind of like, whether it's like a men's, we should totally do that. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That'd be cool. Let, let me know some dates and shit, dude. Yeah, for sure. That'd be cool as hell. I like that a lot. Are you driving up through the upper peninsula and coming down through Michigan? We're going like ferry across, heading to Flint. I got a buddy who does a bunch of like uncivilized training. Um, so we're going to like boot camp with him for a little bit, uh, get geared up a little bit more so. And then we have a woofing farm that we're working on uh, like October-ish timeframe. And then I have a colleague up there. She does a lot of women's health stuff and she's going to let me pilot or help me promote a like a men's, like here, my hero's journey that I've done, uh, like a five-week iteration of that hero's journey uh kind of late september through october and then after that like we don't have anything formal uh you know but i'm looking forward to that because you know like i really want to do this movement and men's work stuff and like have more iterations of it and just really like you know what's the like the end product right yeah. and it's more about like um for me the ultimate goal is kind of like a train the trainer right like hey your town doesn't have a men's group we'll start one what are the tools you need you don't have like a knowledge base in and around movement and fitness. Well, okay. That's easy to learn. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, I tell this to like the the mentees I've had who want to be fitness coaches. It's like, are you a caring person? Can you hold space? Everything else is fucking easy. Right. <laughs> you don't need to be the fittest person to hold space. No. You don't have to be the most athletic. You just have to care about fucking people, meet them where they are and encourage them. Yeah. Right. And if you could do those things, yeah. right. You could be a coach. I love right? that. And like you, like yeah. you alluded to earlier, like in step one of all those things you just said is loving yourself. That's yeah. step one It's self-love. You look in the mirror yeah. and you're like, okay, I can be a little bit better, but I love who the fuck I am and I'm capable. So I got yeah. this and I got this yeah. enough that I can look at yeah. you and go, you're a bad motherfucker and not feel like I took away from myself to say, mm -hmm. rock, you're fucking badass, dude. Like it's, uh, one of my friends and Caitlin's friend said this, Hannah Joyce, she said, it's collaboration over competition. And mm -hmm. if you can't collaborate with somebody, normally it's because you are stuck inside yourself. You 
you're not comfortable with who you are. So you won't give credit to anybody else. And so if you if you're listening and you find yourself at a point where you can't give credit to fucking anybody else, it's probably who you're looking at in the mirror. That's probably where the problem really is. So (laughs) I think about like scarcity mindset, like decisions I made for my business out of fear and scarcity, right? Like, no, I need these clients, right? Like I need them. Like I can't share them with other people. And that didn't serve me well, right? And I'm luckily like I had a partner who saw what was happening and she can call me out. And like, we work through that together. Um, And making decisions out of fear, you know, is not a good place to be, but you do that, right? Like, I'm not going to give credit to something or someone else, right? That's mine, right? And it's, you know, and that's just, it is a reflection of who we are, right? And it does, that's not who you are forever, right? And, you know, we forget that, right? Like people are allowed to be human and make mistakes. Yeah. Right. But we have to, we have to, we have to learn and grow from that at the same time. Right. We can't just continually make the same mistakes. I mean, you can, you can <laughs> continually make the same mistakes. Right. Yeah. Um, but at some point, you know, like hopefully like we can step outside of ourselves and see our self-worth and like, yeah. Oh no, I am actually good. Right. And that's something, you know, I dealt with for a long time, especially when I met my wife. Right. Like uh, I've told dozens of women, I've loved them in half-assed relationships um <laughs> uh, and she was the first woman to ever say she loved me back oh yeah there you and go. like at some point at some point i was still scared of that right like why was i feeling like not deserving of her love yeah right and i wasn't confident in myself and our relationship right mm-hmm. and that you know that that confidence in yourself like you could apply it to all aspects of your life like am i a good enough father right oh well i didn't have a good father so i'm going to be a shitty father and I realized at some point, no, if you believe you're going to be a shitty dad, then you're going to be a fucking shitty dad. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, again, yeah. accountability, own your shit, right? Your self-worth, your self-view, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. If you can't look in the mirror and be like, hey, this is who I want to be. And, you know, you're looking in the mirror like me and you, we're going to fix this shit. We're going to be who we want to be. And it's it's time to stop blaming it on other people, like you said, like, some men will go to that far side and go, Oh, you know, my dad was this and my mom was this, whatever my childhood, blah, blah. Like you don't have to repeat that cycle. You you don't have to, you, all you literally do is go, you know what? I didn't, I didn't like that, you know? And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna repeat that cycle. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put a rock wall in my living room when just like you did, I'm gonna, (laughs) I'm gonna put a zip line in my yard, whatever. Like I'm gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, Another thing too, I just want to add to that is like, there's no, there's no clear path for everybody. Like there's no perfect way to do it. Like you just got to find what makes, what genuinely makes you happy. Like genuinely, not like, like get off, like if you have to get off of social media for a couple months and really figure out what makes you in your Mm -hmm. core happy, because what the media tells you makes you happy. Like women are sold this way more than men are, but like women are always sold, like you need to have this product and this blah, blah, blah. Like, and that's probably not really what makes you genuinely happy. Like genuinely what makes you happy is probably being able to wake up in the morning pain-free, look in the mirror, be comfortable with who you look at in the mirror. And, you know, if you have kids swinging the kid's door open and seeing your beautiful children on, you know, laying in their beds, like, good morning, you you know, bright eye and squirrely tail, let's go. I don't know. Like, what what makes you genuinely happy? That's, I think that's really important. And like you said earlier, too, not, you don't have to have, like, you know, hulking muscles and be this, like, an elite athlete 
to to feel comfortable either like you should be comfortable in who you are I like I like having a a twist of Mm -hmm. I can be a little better because that's for me personally that helps drive me every day like I wake up you know I look in the mirror and I'm like fuck yeah buddy fuck yeah dude good morning motherfucker you can be a little bit better than you were yesterday but I love you man I love you for who you are I love your journey I love where you've been you know all those things mattered as as much as they may have sucked they matter they made you who you are right now they led you to make a change so good fucking job but also let's be a little better (laughs) yeah yeah. Right. Cause like, what is it the same? Like the work never stops. Yeah. Right. Like the work yeah. never stops. And you know, that is, that's a tough one. Right. Cause like there are days when you're just like, ah, why? <laughs> right. Like, can't it, just be, can't it just be like easy? And like, you know, we say that all the time, like, can't it just be easy um, or easier or whatever. Right. And like, it's never like, you know, some people have it worse off, I guess, but it, you know, yeah. I think it's all relative. Yeah. Um, and like, is it supposed to be easy? Uh, or is there like the illusions of like what it should be right because like social media you know we always love to talk about it. it distorts everything and like it's not real and um which is where I think like you know things like podcasts and other things are really helpful and like yeah. being authentic telling your stories right yeah. like okay like if it's if what's the opposite of like nice and polished it's real right yeah. like oh rock he got into men's work because he fucked up right like <laughs> I own that story yeah. It's not fun to tell. It's not, it's getting easier to tell. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, that's the real shit, man. Like it's yeah. not easy. And I don't think it, it's supposed to be easy. Right. No, if it not. was like, like, if, like rain. right. If it never rained, we'd never have rainbows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if people died, would we ever appreciate life? Like I've had, Oh no. Handfuls of friends die before age 25. Yeah, and that shit fucked me up early on, man. Yeah. Um, you know, but at some point I'm like, okay, so they don't get to live, right? Yeah. So what can I do? I can fucking live my life, yeah. Right? I can like, if I want to have kids, all right, let's have kids. How do you have kids? Find a fucking woman. I stopped <laughs> fucking around, right? And I was like, all right, here's this ginger. I've been making fun of gingers my whole life. <laughs> let's, let's let's send her a message, right? See what happens. <laughs> And we were living together and I was still chewing tobacco. She's like, look, I don't know if I could be with you if you're still chewing tobacco, right? Like, and she's like, you're a health coach, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a little chalk, right? (laughs) And she's like, no, like, if you want to be with me, like, I don't, I don't buy into that. And so boom, fucking done. Don't chew tobacco. Right. And, you know, like, you know, I have buddies who are still single and they're getting into the late thirties. They're like, you know, I'm just looking for this like fucking unicorn, that exists. I'm like fucking unicorn doesn't exist, man. You make a unicorn, yeah. Right? right. You make yeah. the unicorn, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, if like I always think about, like, if you want to be married and have kids, well, then fucking be married and have kids already. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. just do love it, what right. Love what Jordan Peterson. <laughs> you know who Jordan Peterson is? Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I love like his take on that too. Like he's like he's like, okay, so that's what you want. Cool, awesome. Now you have a goal, but look at yourself. Are you deserving? of what you want and just like you like you're like hey this is what I want reach out and she's like you know I, I don't know how I feel about you know this certain thing and you're like hey I'll, I'll if I if I think I deserve like just like if I want to be a king right and I want to deserve a king and have a have princesses and princes as my children 
then I should embody a fucking king, right? Like in a good king, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, if I if I want these things, then I should embody someone who deserves these things. And that even goes back to like, Jordan Peterson's a psychologist. So he's talking more from like a, you know, a psychological Ooh. standpoint, but from an energetic standpoint, if you want to manifest a life and let the quantum world allow you to resonate and vibrate at the yeah. frequency, you know, that you want, you want riches, you want wealthy, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just don't be guilty about what you want, but you got to align yourself. You got to orientate yourself in a direction that leads you that way. You can't just lay in bed and go, I wish I had a genie and I could just wish these things because it, it uh, that doesn't happen, unfortunately. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. If you're like, I you know, it, yeah. No, yeah, that's so ahead. true, right? No, I was gonna say that's so true, right? Like, you know, people, people like, you know, they think like, well, if I just like manifest it, if I just name it, like you still got to do something, right? Yeah. You still got to wake up and you still got to do something. Yeah. Um, you know, like if what's the thing I saw the other day on the gram, it was like, you know, your ancestors will take care of you in the same way you take care of yourself. Right. And I'm like, oh, that just that hits a little hard. Right. You're yeah. like, okay. So I, I got to do the work. I still got to do something. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't just be like ancestors take care of me. Yeah, dude. It, it's funny. because <laughs> like, so like our gym, you know, we do yoga, bar, and kettlebell. And so yoga, the yoga community, um, they uh, there's a lot of manifesting. There's a lot of, you know, I'm like the kettlebell guy, you know, and I, and I love meditating and I love yoga and I love those things too. But I think that people get really lost in the idea that they can just sit there and call on their ancestors and go, I want a million dollars and and like you know i don't know maybe some people can make it happen i'm sorry you know if you're listening and you're like i literally manifested a jackpot lottery ticket i don't know good for you but i think that for the rest of us we don't really believe that strongly that we can make those things happen so this is my advice you meditate and when you meditate you have an intention and you set an intention every day but then you do the things that make that a potential reality for you. If you if, if you say, I'm, I'm going to manifest a jackpot lottery ticket, but you don't buy a fucking lottery ticket, then it cannot happen, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you're like, <laughs> I want to be married and have children, awesome, okay? But you have to talk to a woman. And if you're not going to talk to, well, I guess, you know, if you're, uh, if yeah. you're a female, like, but you, if you don't talk to the opposite sex, it's not going to fucking happen. So like, yeah. you know, you got to do a little bit of work to, to orientate yourself in the direction you want to be. Yeah. But and you, have to, you like to that point, like you have to, what do you want? And I think so many of us don't ever take the time and space for ourselves to really, what are our values? Yeah. And I, you know, like my wife and I have been told by friends, like, Oh, how do you guys do it? And I'm like, well, we work really hard at it. right like we've stayed up till like three in the morning fighting Mm -hmm. trying to solve a problem right uh you know and like you gotta you gotta want it and you gotta make sure both people are on the same page right like we we look at each other all the time and we tell this to each other all the time like thank you for being my partner i'm glad i have you as a partner yeah right like that's you know we just we feel so blessed like that we have each other because like you know you you inevitably see people in your world like going through stuff 
And when, when a couple's not aligning, like it's not there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have each other's back, uh, you know, and it's, it just, it makes life easier. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. especially with parenting, right. Like, (laughs) like, Hey, I'll I'll back your play. I'll back your play. 100%. If that's what you want to do, I got you. Right. Like you run it. I'll support it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. dude. And like, you know, you got to have that unified front. Uh, and then like, you know, your kids see it. Right. And like, you know, if we can fight in front of them and then still show their kids that we love each other and we've resolved it and we work through it, like that's a huge win. Right. They could see mom and dad get upset, but they also get to see mom and dad like make up and go, Hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. And like, we're showing that accountability. We're showing that repair. And, that and like, that's huge. And the reality, like, it's yeah. going to be hard. You're going to have conflict, yeah. right? But do you, can you sit in it in the darkness with someone, yeah. right? Yeah. And figure it out. And like, it's hard, right? Yeah. But my kids get to see it. And I, you know, my wife and I talked, we're like, I would see like anger on like 10 out of 10 scale. And she saw no anger in the household, right? <laughs> like no fighting. And like, when we first got together, Right. Like we got in an argument, like she locked herself in the bathroom. I'm like, what are you doing? This is like a five. But she never saw, she never saw a one out of 10. Right. Yeah. So it was this thing as we like figured out our relationship and figured out how we wanted to express emotion in our household. Like, it's like, okay, we got to do this in a productive way, not a destructive way. And like, yeah, I'm a 10 out of 10 in my household growing up. And she was a zero out of 10. Yeah. Not that a five out of 10 is the middle. Right. But like, what does it look like? Right. Yeah. And, you know, cause that, that did stuff to each of us separately. Right. Like, well, you just fight. Right. Cause that's what you do. Like someone pulls a knife on someone in the kitchen. That's the status quo. That's what you <laughs> do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, that's not healthy. Right. And so, yeah. you know, it was, it was interesting figuring out those dynamics, but at the end of the day, what I was getting at was like, you know, we fully support each other and we work through it. And our kids get to see that. And that's yeah. that's like my favorite part about being a, a husband and a father, right? Yeah. It's like, who do I want to be, right? And what values do I want to still instill in my kids? Like, well, I got to do that. I got to talk the talk, walk the walk. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's fucking hard though. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so no, it, like you said, man, the work <laughs> never stops. It's a, it's a daily thing because you different things happen every day that throw you off and bump you in a different direction so yeah you always you always have to be cognizant of the way that you're presenting yourself to your children because unfortunately (laughs) however we act in front of them is is going to control their life like you were saying about with like the the arguing thing like I grew up in a household where my parents they never fought in front of us like I'm sure they did fight but they refused to do it in front of us so I never saw a marital issue like in front of us like I saw other issues but not those issues where my wife's family pulling, like beating each other up in front of the kids, like he's screaming, like, you know, hardcore fighting. So we were on two different levels. Like when we'd start to fight, I'd be like, I don't want to fucking like, stop. What the fuck? And she'd be doing bonkers. And like, like you said, dude, we had to kind of meet in the middle somewhere that was like, okay, uh, we disagree. That's good because we're different people and we should like, if you're not arguing with your spouse, I mean, let's be real. That means that somebody's <laughs> being uh, a submissive bitch in the relationship. That means somebody's just going along with what the other person mm-hmm. says. And so I think that they're, honestly, I think it's healthy. You know, obviously, you know, sometimes it can get out of hand, but like 
there should be a little bit of fighting because that means that you, someone wants something that someone else doesn't or vice versa. And so you're nibbling away at what it is and trying to find a middle spot where both people can be, you know, happy, essentially. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. And it goes back to like needs, right? Like if you're not saying something, if you're not naming and speaking your needs, how does your partner know what needs you have that aren't being met? Yeah. Right. And if we don't give someone the space to voice their needs, yeah. Well, then we're not allowing them to like, you know, create a space for that they can feel like, oh, I, my partner actually cares about me. And then like resentment can brew. Yeah. And it is, you know, it goes back to our early conversation about a father, like make sure that people in the environment can thrive. Yeah. Right. So people's needs need to be communicated. Yeah. Right. Like if I don't tell my wife, like, hey, I can't be on the kids right now. Like I got to go slam my med ball in the basement. Otherwise I'm going to like regret the thing that happens because I'm, I'm up here. I'm escalated. Yeah. Right. I don't know how much more resiliency I have. I need to go do something productive. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like we have to be able to communicate our needs, but we also need that time and space to figure out what our needs are. And I think mm -hmm. that's something a lot of people don't. Right. Yeah. Like if you have to go out in the woods for like three days by yourself, right, <laughs> to figure out what you're about, then go do that. Yeah. Right. If that's Absolutely. what you need, go do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, realistically, <laughs> like think about that. Like if you do yeah. that, if you just, to stay on that example, you give yourself three days to figure out who the fuck you are and reorientate your entire life or keep doing what you're doing every day. Have those explosions that serve nobody. They damage and maybe even traumatize your children and your family or spend a couple of days and figure out really what your like what your soul's purpose is, what you really desire. And then just start leading with your heart. And like you just take a couple of days and you can change your whole life. You know, I, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, why would you not? Right. When we frame it that way, like, Hey, what is three days of your life? Yeah. Like what really is that? Right. It's nothing. Right. And if it took you only three days to figure shit out and you could come back as a fuller, more heart centered version of yourself, why would you not do that? Yeah. Right. And, and again, like, to bring this back full circle to like the men's stuff. Like that's what like uh, I'm trying to do with the men's work is like create space, get them to connect with their bodies, get them to connect with other men. Like, you know, we did this roughhousing thing at our immersion where we're like wrestling with each other, but then we shared a breath after that. Like we touched foreheads to nose and uh, forehead to forehead, nose to nose. And we shared yeah. breath. Right. And so, yeah, I can, I can like throw you out of the ring, King of the ring stuff, like be violent, be physical. Yeah but then I can hold space for you and I could share my breath with you because sharing breath is sharing life. Yeah. And I can hold you in that space. Right. Because that matters. And like, are we creating these opportunities for men to work through shit physically and like back to our, our sons, right? Like they have to do the work. They have to be physical. And I think that's a huge thing missing from men's based therapy from like yeah. the masculine work world is moving our fucking bodies, screaming, fucking hitting something, doing whatever. But like, letting that primal energy flow through us in a productive way so that we can come back. Right. Like don't go to the woods just by yourself and meditate, go to the fucking woods, kill something, eat it, make a fire, you know, be yeah. physical, use your body in a way that's productive yeah. as opposed to destructive. Right. And then come back like, Oh yeah, I am capable mentally, physically, emotionally. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part missing is that that physical component from men's health. Yeah. Um, because kind of societally it's frowned upon, right? Like, oh, screaming, slamming weights, like, 
you know, like, oh, but like fucking do it, man. Yeah, dude, right? just, just fucking yeah, try. Just do just it. Try. Yeah. You know, to that point, and, and we'll wrap up um because we're, yeah. we're getting deep here, but like I <clears throat> I'm with you 100 percent on that. I have like you talked about shadow work earlier, which is you know, for anyone who doesn't know, like dealing with your emotional baggage and and maybe even ancestral baggage, um, like soul yeah. baggage, like it, it could go really deep. And for me, <clears throat> I have I have brought myself to tears more doing my shadow work, beating the fuck out of my heavy bag or swinging kettlebells or exerting my body as physical as possible than I have ever done like meditating or I've never been through therapy, but like, I imagine that those things wouldn't have worked for me either. But if I, if I'm like, Hey, like you said earlier about going to the basement and slamming the med ball around. If I'm like, Hey babe, I, I can't handle what's going on right now. Um, I'm sorry. And I know I'm going to leave you with the kids for a few minutes, but I'm, I need to go out to the garage. Um, I'm going to take my wrist and I'm just going to fucking go nuts on that heavy bag because I, I feel like I, I need to exert some energy. And like, sometimes like it's been, a, it's been a long time now, but like, when I would be working hundred hour weeks and I wouldn't get to see my family forever. And then I'd, I'd come home and like, they had grown inches and you know, life had changed dramatically for them while I was gone. Like, and then they'd be in school or something or, or whatever. I would just be, or at nighttime sleeping. I'd just be so like distraught with the direction of my life that I, I couldn't do anything else. And I'd just go out there and I'd fucking, my knuckles would be just gushing blood and, and it would be for me like a really primal like there's my punching bag has blood stains all over it from times like this and it would feel so honestly empowering to just to just let loose man just fucking let it loose and, and i'd bring myself to tears and just realize like i got i got some work i need to do and but it that's mm -hmm. working through it and i do think that like you said i, I think men it's a lot easier because I, I can't ever see a woman, uh, at least any woman in my life, like doing that and that actually helping them <laughs> overcome yeah. something, you know, they could do it a lot easier through talking and like mindful um, movement practices. But yeah, man, I love that. And I, I found you on Instagram quite a while ago. Um, and I love, I love the men's stuff you're doing with like, you got all the backyard set up and you guys are just fucking around with logs and yeah. stones and, you know, the running through the woods and stuff like that, man. I, I think that's really cool. I love the, I love the entire format that you're running with. I love the way that you're, you're raising your kids, the way that you're working on just making movement and play like just you know, the majority of your life. I think that that's, I think it's cool as fuck. It's almost like unschooling, which is something that I'm like, I'm in love with. Um, I can't, yeah. so like, I, I want that to be an opportunity in our life because I think it's cool as fuck. Um, yeah, man, I, I love it. And so if you, if you do wind up coming down this way, man, like we're located right outside of um, like the South part of Pittsburgh, so okay. yeah, if you wind up through like the southwestern part of the state, dude, definitely hit me up and let me know when and we'll plan something and uh, maybe yeah. make you some some extra cash as you're yeah. as you're flying through, man. That'd be fun. Yeah. Man. Be cool. Yeah. I think, you know, we named it. Let's, you know, let's do more than manifest it. We'll, we'll pick right. up offline and let's just fucking make it happen. Yeah. Dude, right? I'm, I'm all about it. dude. I, I think that'd be yeah. cool as fuck. I think yeah. that'd be cool as fuck. 
And, uh, and, and so, and people can find you obviously at, uh, strength underscore nature underscore play play underscore nature. There it is. Okay. Strength play on Instagram. Rewild the masculine. Rewild the masculine. And then, and then the website is strengthplaynature.com. Just, just that easy. So, um, I mean, you already told us what you had next, but I always like to finish with like, uh, Mm. like, Two things, like one, you have any final words of advice? And then two, what's next for you? I got to thank my rugby coach in college uh, for teaching me this. You can't learn to fuck by jerking off, right? <laughs> like those, you know, as crude as that statement is, there's no truer statement, right? You can't learn to do something by doing something else, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to learn to fuck by jerking off. And, you know, that's something like I say it a lot. Uh <laughs> Not around my kids because they can't go to school because it's taken out of context, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, that's it, man. Like, if you want to do something, do the fucking thing. Like, yeah. don't do something else expecting to be good at the other thing. I like it. And because you won't learn to fuck by jerking off and we'll <laughs> let that go. I like uh, it, man. I like it. That's, I've never heard that, man. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. You know, it's yours, right? It's, it's <laughs> to be shared, right? Like, I'm going to uh, use, use it. it. I will use it. Yeah. <laughs> And then the next thing is, you know, like wrapping up business here in Madison and then, um, you know, doing the next adventure, right? Like figuring out, okay, like how do I, how do I support my family while we're on the road for a year, right? Like how do I make money? How do I connect with people? Yeah. Um, how do I collaborate? And like, that's the biggest thing is like sharing stories. So that's the biggest thing for us is what's next is uh, collaboration and shared stories yeah. and sharing that with the world, right? Just like you invited me on this podcast, allowing me to share my story. Yeah. Um, I'd love the opportunity to do the same thing, right? Like let's, let's find a platform where I can share your story and what you're doing and you know, how do we work together? Cause yeah. if you and I aren't willing to do the work, yeah. right. The next generation's fucked. Yeah. Right. Let's be honest. Like that's we got to We got to work together. So yeah. that's what's next working together. Oh, right. Right on, man. I love it. Collaboration, baby. I'm all about yeah. it. I'm all about it. This, this show will probably air. Uh, it'll be the first week of August is when okay. it'll release um so I'll, I'll send you like the exact date and stuff like that for for that too but yeah yeah well fuck yeah man thank you rock for joining us today uh super good episode uh i think there was a lot of good takeaways from that um definitely some good uh instagram clips from uh from that i wonder <laughs> if i can get away with the with the, yeah. <laughs> you can't learn how to fuck with off one we'll see <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll see we'll see yeah yeah we'll see <laughs> Well, right on, brother. Have have a good yeah. one. Have a good rest of your day. Hey, everybody. I'm back again to remind you for the second time in this episode that we are sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man, written by yours truly, Trenton Sweet, and the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, written by myself and my wife, Caitlin. Two books that you can find basically anywhere that you buy books. So check them out. We are also sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania. So your participation there also sponsors this podcast, and thank you very much for your support. We are also sponsored by The Old Road Farm in Washington, Pennsylvania, a beautiful family-owned regenerative farm doing everything the right way. And if you want to know more about them, and I think that you should, check them out at theoldroadfarm.com.